What's up, everybody? Episode 290, I mean, UFC 298 is in the books episode. Uh, it was crazy fight. Crazy fight. Um, this will be Mark, a new era for Punch in the Mouth. Keep listening to for more details on what I'm talking about. But other than that, have a great weekend, guys. Enjoy the fights in Mexico City. Enjoy PFL versus Bellator. Peace, guys. Later. Make sure you follow me, Punch the Mouth Official, on Instagram, official underscore PATM on Twitter. Peace. Everybody is well. Okay. Okay. Something was brought to my attention this past weekend, which I kind of agree with. It's going to cause a few changes around here. So we're going to revert back to doing the podcast once a week because twice a week, like it's not that it's hard, but with all the other stuff I got going on, because I really want to focus on the website, I'm going to start Flip Punched in the Mouth TV into two different channels, one for the music and one for MMA. If you follow the original one, I'll keep that one, the MMA channel, and I'll just make a brand new one for the music. If you like both, please subscribe to both, but just keep an eye out for that. So, And then I'm going to be working on the internet to release, a, I mean, on the on the internet, a website to release the blog. I'm really excited for that. I'm very nervous for that, but I'm very excited either way. And hopefully down the line, it gets popular enough that we could start a merch line. You never know. But that's where that's going. So instead of shooting for 30 minutes, I'm going to try to shoot for at least 40 minutes to an hour per podcast. The podcast will stay the same. It's going to be about MMA. And other combat sports. We're not going to add another music one. That that we are not doing. I can promise you that. But that's what I wanted to start this podcast off with. Sorry. I had to go do something. So yeah, that's what's going to be the new format. So let's get into it. Let's not waste too much more time. Let's get into it, man. So, this weekend, we have two events. We have UFC Mexico, which is going to be headlined by Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Royval. And the co-main event will also be five rounds. It will feature Yair Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega. So... Here's what I see happening in those fights. Um, Remember the first fight, Brian blew his shoulder out? I don't think that's going to happen this time. And, like, with, with those things, like, I honestly feel that something goes on in training. Even, like, when you step wrong, you know, when you step wrong and your, your like, ankle blows out or something? 
I'm pretty sure it's just wear and tear on the body from training. Like that's I don't I honestly don't believe there's freak accidents. Like it could be like something very normal and you just stepped wrong and you blow out your ankle. Like I honestly believe that's what that was for Brian. Like his training was too hard and he went too hard during training or something. Cause then you guys got you got guys like Marab that according to Ray Longo. He was fighting Aljamain Sterling as his warm up for the Henry Cejudo fight. Like Ray Longo goes, like, dude, I don't get it. I don't get it. This guy had a full blown fight with Aljamain Sterling before walking out to fight Henry Cejudo. So the Henry fight was like his second fight. Like if that's true, and I don't see Ray Longo as a liar, that guy is insane. And then as the cool down period of the of the podcast we will um, review the fights so that's how i'm going to start ending the podcast by reviewing the fights so as you see right now i'm previewing the next fights because that's what's next i believe that should be first because so yeah your rodriguez will take on brian ortega in the coming event francisco prado will take on daniel zilhulber zelhuber Raul Rosas Jr. will take on Ricky Torcillos. Yasmin will take on Sam. Manuel Torres will take on Chris Duncan. And, like, that, that's all the names. Like, I'm really excited. And, of course, they're only going to have a few fights because the main event and co-main are five rounds, which could each take up to an hour. I wonder how the UFC does that, right? I wonder if they just had, like, you guys want five rounds? But now the only question I have, like, okay, you're back in Mexico City. That's cool. But why wouldn't you do Noche UFC in Mexico? Like, why do it in Las Vegas? That makes no sense to me, right? Maybe there's too much going on in Mexico City to do it. So they just do it in Las Vegas. They're going to do it at the Sphere this year. That that should be wild. I'm going to try to see if I can get credentials for that, bro. I want to try to get one of the jerseys if they're going to have it this year, but that should be wild. Raul Rosas is coming back, and he's fighting Ricky Crucios. That guy's awesome. He was on, I want to say that was, what season of the Ultimate Fighter was that? He was on the season of the Ultimate Fighter. I think he was on the season that Brian Battle was on. I think that was... Bulk versus Ortega. Yeah, he was on that season. That guy's awesome, bro. There's going to be a crazy fight. I'm definitely watching that. Who else am I watching? Anybody on the prelims? I'm going to watch all the prelims. But I do want to stress this is that there's also the PFL versus Bellator championship card this weekend. We're going to go over that as well. Let me pull it up. Today was the press conference. I forgot to go. Oh, my God. Why didn't I go to this? So, okay. Now I have it up. And we'll go through each fight. Aaron Pico's fighting Henry Corrales on the main pre I'm definitely watching that. And it will be available on ESPN Plus, I'm told. Pay-per-view. Clarissa Shields is fighting. Clay Collard will open versus AJ McKee. Tiago Santos will fight Yoel Romero. The best fight on the card. I don't care what anybody says to me. 
Bruno Capiloza versus Vadim Nenkov at heavyweight. Ray Cooper III will fight Jason Jackson. Patricio Pitbull will fight Gabriel Alves Braga. And Paka Sanganang will fight Johnny Eblin. That's that's the second best fight. And in the main event, Henan Ferreira will fight Ryan Bader. Okay, but I want to go back to this UFC Mexico card. So this one starts like a pay-per-view. It's going to start at like 7 o'clock at night. That's, it shows you what a big deal this is, okay? Don't tell me it's not because it is a big deal. For them to start it this early, it's a big fucking deal, okay? I mean, this late, not this early, Adrian, come on. It will also be on ABC. Wait, is it? No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. It's not going to be on ABC. So, Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Royval. It's a rematch. Um, Brandon Royval says he was the first one doesn't count because, like, it's interesting now because both the main and co-main, the first fight ends in it in controversy. Brandon Royval, I believe he dislocated his shoulder. Let me see if it tells me. Okay, but... Met at UFC. Okay, so this thing's telling me they met at UFC 255. But let's see if it'll tell me how he won. This thing says he won by TKO punches, but I remember hearing that he dislocated his arm. Okay, well, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Brandon won that one, but I heard Moreno won that one, but Roy Val, I heard, dislocated his shoulder, which led to the stoppage. And then Brian also hurt his shoulder in the fight with Yair. Okay, so looking at this fight, in my opinion, Brian Ortega needs to take him down and submit him. Like, don't don't play the stand-up game with him. And then what Yair needs to do is leg kick him early. Like, make make him feel your leg kick. And just start beating on him with your leg kicks. Like, I believe the leg kick is probably one of the more effective weapons in MMA right now. Because people are realizing how devastating those are. Um, For Brian, like, if you have to use your stand-up, use it to get inside and grab him and take him down. Like, Brian cannot stay standing with him because Yair will beat him. Like, it's a game of chess. Like, who's going to be able to impose a game plan? Brian needs to get it to the ground right away because his level is above Yair, and he always will be. No matter their belt color, Brian has just been doing it for way longer since he was a kid or a teenager. Then, for Yair, he needs to keep it on the feet. Um, He could probably do a, a fleshy move here and there, but for the most part, keep it simple, keep it tight, because if he gives Brian an opening, Brian will grab him and take him down. But what cannot happen is either Yair cannot be comfortable on the ground that Brian doesn't get him right away because you guys have to remember, this is five rounds, okay? Five rounds of action. Like, it's not three. Like, these guys can take their time. And I don't know, like, would it would it be weird to see, like, a five-round main co-main more often? Like, if that becomes customary, like, with the main events? Or do you guys like these one-offs? Let me know. Because what this tells me is that the winner of Ortega and Rodriguez, if Bulk doesn't get the immediate rematch, the winner of this will get the next crack at Ilya Tapuria, despite of what Ilya has been saying. But Brandon Moreno versus 
Brandon Royval again. Like these guys have similar style, so like it's just who can land first. Like there's no game plan. Like they both have good stand up. They're both great. They both really are. Like that one is just gonna be a fight for the fans. Like I honestly believe there's gonna be a strategy, right? But I don't see where one is better than the other. I'm, it's that one is just let the best man win. Of course, Brandon Moreno is gonna have all the support because he's from Mexico, and Brandon Royvel's from the U.S. Like Yair, Yair's from Mexico. Even though Brian Ortega has Mexican descent in his blood, like he was born in the U.S., and people are gonna see that. So we'll see, man. We shall see. One thing I do want to talk. No, I'll talk about that later, but. Talking about Ilya and Yair, check this out. Well, my point is, is that Yair um, went scorched earth on Ilya earlier today at the media call, at the, like, fighters meetings with the media. Like, that guy says he does not like Ilya Tapuri. I'll tell you that much. He does not like him. I'll say this before I lose it. One thing Yair said, and I'll go back to it. He says, I was surprised about him taking another fight after the KO so soon against Taporia. Rodriguez told the MMA Hour. So I think it's a little bit of a mistake there. I mean, we saw the way Volk was fighting. It wasn't the original Volk. So could Yair have been onto something? But that's not what I was looking for. We're going to talk, like, I'm going to copy. Well, no. Well, if I say, refer back to what I said about what Yair said, um, just refer back. But he had been saying that all week. He's like, I don't know. He might have came back too soon. And we have seen that in the past before, right? Like, Stipe is, is an example. Um, he fought. Francis Ngannou in January, and then he fought DC in July. And look, this is what Yair had to say about the new champ, Ilya Tapuria. Fuck that bitch. UFC Mexico's Yair Rodriguez torches Ilya Tapuria. Anywhere I fucking see him, I will fuck him up. Yair Rodriguez had nothing nice to say about the new Ultimate Fighting Championship featherweight champion. Ilya Teporia. Teporia planned his reign ahead of time not only by predicting the finish of the now former champion Alexander Volkanovsky, but shutting down the possible the possibilities of, of giving past title challengers a chance at the goal. That includes Mexico's Rodriguez, who understand who understandably didn't like the initial comments. After seeing Teporia's impressive victory over the Recent opponent, Rodriguez didn't have much to say other than how badly he wants to intact violence on El Matador. He did it, Rodriguez said at the UFC Mexico Media Day. He said he was going to do it and he did it. I don't have much to say about that. I would love to fuck him up, he continued. I don't want to fight him. I want to fuck him up. There's a fucking big difference in that. Just to make that clear, anywhere I fucking see him, I will fuck him up. Fuck this bitch. I don't fucking like him. I mean, and it was funny because I did see this media call. Like, I did watch it. And, like, after he said that, 
all the questions became about him versus Ilya. Like, this guy is smart. So if he goes in there and he beats because they asked Brian Ortega the same thing, and Brian was like, uh, we'll see. But this guy, what this guy was saying, the UFC can build off of it because, look, they already have all the sound bites because the UFC records their own media calls for the same reason. Like, they already have all the sound bites. I can already see the the trailer if they fight. Like, that's the next fight. Like, if they tell Volk, Volk, take some time off. Volk honestly should. Like, if Volk's next fight is for the title, that's cool. But it doesn't need to be Ilya's next fight. I'm telling you, if Yair Rodriguez wins, the UFC should push to make these two fight because at least Yair hates him. I don't know if Ilya feels the same way. But let's move on to the main event. Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Royval. Like I said, those guys are going to scrap. It's going to be a good fight. I would say um, Royval probably has the better grappling and Moreno has the better striking. But I can see this just being a fight, bro. Like, both these guys come to bang, and it's fucking awesome. I can see that happening. Or I could just see it being one-sided for Moreno. Because when Brandon Moreno is on, like, that guy's on, bro. Like, he's second to none. Like, he gets into these firefights like he did with Pantoja. And I go, I'm like, okay, but. Like, and then, like, he he stays, like, um like he stays subtle, right? Like, when Pantoja was getting the takedowns, I'm like, Brandon, you got to move. Like, he, he feels like he's doing all right, that he doesn't need to move. But, like, when that dude's, like, has the fire in his eyes, nobody beats that guy at flyweight, bro. Nobody. But we'll see, man. We shall see. Okay. Bruno Capiloza versus Vadim Nankov. If this gets into the second to the third, I like Vadim's chances. If Bruno catches this guy early, he can win. Thiago Santos versus Joel Romero. It just depends which of these two guys shows up. I mean, and these two guys are getting up in age, right? I mean, Santos is 40, and I believe Joel's like 46, 47. He's 46. He's about to turn 47. Dude, and that guy, like, I understand that they say, oh, well, he's starting to look old. I'm like, dude, look at his age. And, like, yes, he's starting to look old, but it's not like he's getting fucking knocked out. Like, he's still able to land, like, a hit or two and, like, hurt the guy, which is, like, awesome to me, bro. It's them Cuban genetics. That's why I'm so excited for Robeles de Spain. Are you guys as excited about UFC 299 as I am? ESPN, give me a code, bro. Like, nobody has to be more excited about these fights than me. Um, I believe, but here's the thing. It's going to be Tiago's leg kicks versus Yoel's power. Because if Tiago, for whatever reason, Yoel doesn't use his wrestling. I don't understand why. I don't know if it's that he's hurt, if he just doesn't want to. But for whatever reason, he does not use his wrestling, which I believe is a mistake, and I believe he should, bro. I believe he should because, like, what are you going to do? Like, if this guy gets on top of you and uses wrestling, I don't know if it's that he has a hurt neck, if he just likes knocking guys out. Now, if he was a combination puncher, I'd be like, okay, but, 
like yo, I was like, since he has so much muscle and he has so much explosion, like he's like just a one hit guy. Like he'll throw that one big shot and then like he'll just sit there, wait, do that weird thing with his hands. And I'm not making fun. I'm just saying like it's that weird thing he does with his hand, like. He does like a circle, like if he's cleaning a window. So I don't know, man. Like it should be a good fight. Um, Clay Collar versus AJ McKee, a crazy fight. Like these guys are young. How old is Clay Collar? I know AJ's like twenty eight. Like look, Clay Collar's thirty. He's two days older than than me. His birthday's on March tenth. And AJ is going to be 29. Like, AJ's about entering the prime of his career, bro. And the crazy part is this guy has had 22 professional fights. And they've all been under Bellator. And, like, they continue to be under Bellator, too. That's the funny part. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Like, this is Bellator. No matter how long it continues, you want to say... Oh, it's honestly PFL. Like, I don't fucking care. Like, Bellator's still involved somehow. Well, except, well, no, it's still Bellator because it was Bellator versus Ryzen. I mean, I'm excited for this fight, Carter, you guys. But I honestly see AJ taking that one. Like, honestly, I think AJ is probably the best fighter outside the UFC. Honestly, maybe him and Vadim. Or him, Johnny Eblen and Vadim. Aaron Pico versus Henry Carras. This is going to be a crazy fight. Crazy, crazy, crazy fight. They're closing the prelim. So now let's look at it. We talked about uh, Ray Cooper the third versus Jason Jackson. I'm telling you, Jason Jackson impressed me so much that the only way I see Ray Cooper beating him is if he catches him early. But, like, you guys have to understand, Jason Jackson went grappling with Neam Gracie, bro. Is that his name? Yeah, Neam Gracie. He grappled that dude. And then he beats Douglas Lima. And then he beats Paul Daly. He beat the brakes off of Yagoslav Amosov. Like, dude, I was like, holy cow. This guy, he was on the Ultimate Fighter um, team ATT versus Black Zillion. Of course, ATT. ATT turned into Hard Knocks 305, which eventually turned into Sanford MMA, and now it's called Kill Cliff FC. I wonder why it does it. I wonder if it's that they get new sponsors and they'll be like, like, you know how the arenas go? Like, okay. The Kia Forum, the Crypto Arena, which formerly was the Great Western Forum, the San Manuel Amphitheater, which was the Glen Helen Pavilion. Um, for the longest. Over there in Irvine, it was the Irvine Meadows, and I believe the final name it had was the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater. The one that did stay until it was destroyed was the Five Point Amphitheater. Like, that one stayed with the original name. The Amphitheater in San Diego, like, that one is... That one, they changed the name of it two years, the one down in San Diego. But yeah, that, now that's Killcliff FC. That's where... um. Empakasanganan and and Jason Jackson train, and it's funny because Impa's on the PFL side and Jason is on the Bellator side, so they're rooting for each other. And Johnny Evelyn he trains at ATT, so he goes fuck Jason Jackson like he said that in the opening press conference uh, back in December. So that's funny to me, bro. 
but he doesn't really mean it. At least I think he doesn't. But let's go. Let's get back to this fight. So I think Jason Jackson wins unless Ray Cooper knocks him out early. Johnny Ablin versus Impa Kasanganan. Um, dude, again, I know I said AJ was probably the best fighter, but now that I think of it, probably the best fighter outside of the UFC and all of MMA outside of the UFC is Johnny Eblen. And I really hope this guy makes it into the UFC by the time before his 36th birthday. Like, I wonder how long this contract he's on it is. Because this guy is the man, bro. And I just... Because people won't believe that they're legit until they fight in the UFC, I want to see him fight in the UFC. Like, he's the man, bro. So, I'll pick... Johnny over Impa and then Henan Ferreira versus Ryan Bader. Honestly, I like Henan Ferreira in this fight. How old is Henan? Henan, I believe Henan is younger. Henan's 34. How old is Ryan? I want to say Ryan's either 38, 39, maybe 40. He's 40. So I like Henan Ferreira because he's taller, younger. And like Henan Ferreira is a a tall, like he's a natural heavyweight. Ryan Bader blew up to heavyweight, but he used to fight at light heavyweight. So for the main card, I'll go AJ McKee, the Yoel Romero versus Tiago Santos Tassa, Bruno Capiloso versus Vadim Nankov, my favorite fight on the card. Ray Cooper, the third versus Jason Jackson. I'll go with Jason Jackson. Patricio Pitbull versus Gabriel Alves Braga. For the simple fact that he's younger, I'll go with Braga. And then I'm going Johnny Evelyn and then Hannon Ferreira. On for the toss-up, I'll go Yoel Romero. I mean, but Tiago Santos has knockout power too, man. I'm telling you, it's hard. It's hard. And then for my favorite fight, I'll go Vadim Nenkov. Because I honestly believe, as much as everybody does not want to believe me, I believe the guy, Francis Ngannou, will fight once he makes his PFL debut will be Vadim Nankov because Vadim is going to go in there win the tournament next season. And, you know. So we'll see, man. We shall see. Oh, never mind. I changed my pick because Pitbull was supposed to fight Pinedo, but Jesus Pinedo, but he had to pull out because of a back injury. So now I'm going to pick Patricio Pitbull. And then Kayla Harrison is gone. So, like, the... PFL need to schedule, need to get another star. But my only question becomes, how long is this feasible? I don't see this feasible for very long. Like, I really don't. I really don't. Because I see them doing this whole Bellator MMA thing different for at least, for a max of two to three years. Like, I don't, eventually they're all going to either get released or dissolved into the PFL thing. Now, PFL can do it right. They'll have different avenues for everybody, but it just depends, like, who's who's going to get the media rights, who's going to be able to do what. Because, you know, ESPN wants that P- Bellator deal. Because then who do they have? They, have? they have all three organizations, excluding one. But, like, at this point, a lot of people feel this way. It's not just me. Like, one is, like non-existent at this point other than having raw tag and and dj like if if the espn plus can 
secure the Bellator deal and have it on their page. They have control of the U.S. market when it comes to MMA, the major organizations, because all the content from those three organizations will give them 90% of the best fighters in the world. Actually, 100. 100. I'll say 95% because some of them do end up going to one championship. But think about it, man. And then, and I'm going to stop harping on this because I feel like a broken record at this point. Let's say they secure all these deals ESPN does. They re-sign the UFC. They re-sign PFL. And let's say they sign Bellator. The fact that Francis Ngannou versus John Jones by a meniscal light is still alive, I'm happy. I just hope it doesn't take forever. Like I hope after March 8th when he fights Anthony Joshua, and whatever the result, I hope whatever's next for Francis will be in, in an MMA cage. In the smart cage for PFL. Okay. Now let's get into some news and then we're going to recap the fight and then we're out of here. Alex Pereira explains. Well, first of all, he has signed a new eight fight deal. And it goes on to say Alex Pereira said his expectation for a while was that he would be defending his light heavyweight title against Jamal Hill at UFC 301 in May. The UFC officials called this team and the bout between Pereira and Hill was moved by three weeks and officially booked for the main event of the historic UFC 300. Okay, I want to start by saying this. This is a good fight. This is a good fight. It's not UFC 300 main event worthy. I'm sorry. Because when I heard this, I'm like, dude, I started learning, letting out some swear words and there were little kids around me that my mom was like, dude, chill. And your, your, your boy had a little alcohol in him. I'll, I'll just say that. Your boy had a little alcohol in him, all right? And I was not happy. It's a good fight. Okay? But... I'm tell like I said last week, the way Dana was pumping this up, it was gonna it, like this main event should have blown our heads off, bro. And then honestly, and I'm gonna tell you why it didn't happen. One, this was not plan A, this was not plan B, this was not plan C, this was not plan D, this was not plan E, this was not plan F. This was like plan N. I guarantee there has to be a reason. I guarantee you they talked to Connor. I guarantee you they talked to Michael because it's funny that they announced a, a partnership with Anaheim for the UFC and, and WWE. And the following Monday, you have Con I mean Chandler on Monday Night Raw. I was getting it sent to me via Instagram, but I'm like, dude, I saw this live. Now, this is what I believe when it comes to Chandler and Connor. I honestly believe at this point they're going to fight in Anaheim because think of it. Connor's never fought in California. It's a big market. If they're going to sign a deal of this magnitude, the UFC has promised them big fights. Connor has lived in Orange County before. Mike Chandler is desperate for this fight. Just give it to him, please. Oh, my God. Poor guy. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they move International Fight Week from Vegas to a different state. Like, they should start doing that. 
But then I I understand that they have a fan expo. They have this. They have that. But if you give the guys in Anaheim enough time, I'm pretty sure they could help you set all that stuff up. Right? They could help you set all that up. You don't think so? It goes on to say the original verbal agreement not signed was to fight at UFC 301 in Brazil. In the main event, Jamal Hilper told the MMA Hour with Ariel Homani through an interpreter. But a few days ago, they called and my manager called us asking a headline UFC 300. I like the idea. I think it's perfect timing for me to prepare for it. So I just jumped in. Although Pereira would have loved to fight at 301, which takes place May 4th at Rio Arena in his native Brazil, he said his gut told him it wasn't going to play out that way. But I felt he would somehow find himself at UFC 300, so he took the de- development in stride when it actually happened. So, like, I want to know who said no. There's rumors that, well, this is not a rumor because Dana confirmed it. He said, Leon Edwards is the fucking man. We offered him three different fights and he said yes to all of them. Now, the rumor is they offered him Hamza, Islam, and someone else. Surprisingly enough, it wasn't Bilal Muhammad. Okay, sorry about that. So apparently they offered Leon. So I know it was Hamza... Islam and somebody else. Okay, this was revealed by Ariel. Oh, who was the third guy? Shabkat. But my question becomes did Bilal do something to the UFC? Like, what did he do? My understanding was that he helped save them because, no, well, he didn't save them that. Somebody got hurt and he fought Gilbert on short notice and he beat him. Like, why Why don't they want to book Leon versus Bulal because of, of the eye poke? Like, what did Bulal do to them? Like, honestly, he deserves it over Hamza. He deserves it over Chimaev. I mean, that's the same person. He deserves it over Islam, and he deserves it over Shafkat. If anything, have Shafkat and Chimaev fight. I know they won't because they like each other, but have them fight. And I thought... And for whatever reason, um, Chimaev cannot get into the country. It's rumored. I I know the rumors, but we're not going to talk about them because that's all they are, are just rumors. But he's apparently not allowed into the country. We don't officially know why, but the, there are rumors of, to why that is. You can look them up. So. And then they supposedly they wanted to do Drickis in Israel. And according to Eugene Behrman, Israel was ready to step in if he had to, but they went another way. And they also asked John Jones, but John Jones said, no, it's too early for me to come back. So that's how we got to UFC 300. And poor Alex, because he wants to fight in Brazil, right? And like, he's not that young. So I don't know how much longer he's going to be doing this for. But we have finally reached the final topic of this week's podcast. Um, Let me pull up the rankings. 
Ilya Taporia defeats Alexander Volkanovsky. Robert Whitaker defeats Paulo Costa. Ian Machado Gary defeats Jeff Neal. Rob Dwalish really defeats Henry Cejudo. Anthony Hernandez defeats Roman Kapilov. Amanda Lemos defeats Mackenzie Dern. Marco Rodrigo de Lima defeats Junior Tafa. Rinyan Nakamura defeats Carlos Vera. And then that's it, bro. And the only fight I didn't see was Miranda Maverick, which is defeats Andrew Lee. And then Gang Ming Yang defeats Brendanson Robillo. That was a crazy knockout, bro. That was rough. It was pretty cool, but it was rough. And then I'm only going to say this, like, I like Frank Trigg a lot, but bro, if a dude goes down from a leg kick, I'm talking about the Marcos Rodrigo de Lima versus Junior Tafa fight. If a dude goes down from a leg kick, why, why are you letting the fighters stand over him for him to allow him to beat on him some more when you can clearly tell it's fucking over, like. Why are you allowing this to happen? Are you do are you taking the Mario Yamasaki around and letting him be a warrior? Like, what's going on here, bro? Like, I was talking a lot of smack about Frank Trigg during that fight. Amanda Lemos defeats Mackenzie Dern. Mackenzie Dern, like, she's really tough, man. She's really tough. She did a lot better than what I thought she was gonna do. Anthony Hernandez versus Roman Kapilov. Oh my, what a fight. I thought Roman was going to run through this guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you have my respect, bro. You have my respect. Is Anthony ranked? Anthony should be ranked at this point. He's number 30. He was ranked. He's number 13 now. Who's above Anthony, Paul, Craig, Chimaya, Dulitze, Hermanson, Imawa, Costa, Allen, Vittori, Cannoneer, Whitaker, Adesanya, Strickland, and then Drake's. I mean, just let him, give him another ranked opponent, bro. Give him Paul Craig. Nah. Give him Roman. Like, let's go with, can we go with Roman or is that too high? I would give him Roman. That was a crazy RNC choke, bro. I always say that RNC choke when it should just be RNC. Marab Dwalish really versus Henry Cejudo. I mean, I did tell you guys in order for Henry to win, he would have to catch him early, right? And I also, I believe I said this last week too. The the Apex Bantamweight title fight will be Marab Dwalish really. Or just fight period will be Marab Dwalish really versus Umar Nurmagomedov. I don't care what anybody tells me. I don't care. Like, I honestly don't see Cheeto beating Sean. And then who's Sean going to fight after Cheeto? Is he going to try to fight Ilya at Featherweight? If I'm dead, I'm going to know you're going to fight Marab. And if you beat Marab, we'll talk about it. Because, like. Come on, bro. Like, I get it. Connor moved up by not defending the featherweight belt, but like, let's let's get to a point where we'll do what Volk did, defend it a couple times, and be like, hey, Dana, let me move up. Let me try to go get this other title. That I can respect and be like, okay. So, yeah, Marab's next fight should be for the title. 
whether it's against the winner of O'Malley Cheeto or an interim an interim title or if it's a vacant title fight. If it's a vacant title fight, can they just give it to Umar, please? Please. Like, the stuff I heard that's happened to that poor guy that nobody wants to fight him, it's not his fault. Just give him the title. And then once he has the title, they either fight him for the belt. Like, Umar's the exception because I know he's been trying to get title fights. I mean, ranked opponents. and He had one in Sanhagen, but unfortunately he got hurt. But that was a crazy fight. Again, Marab should get the next title fight, whether it's uh, one of these guys defending the belt because they beat the other guy, or if it's an interim title fight or it's it's for the vacant belt. I don't care. Like, Marab's next fight should be for a belt. I don't care against who. Like, the belt in his story matters. Ian Gary versus Jeff Neal. It was a boring fight, but... Ian Gary did what he had to do. What's the ranking here? Ian Gary now number six. He says he wants to fight Colby. Let them fight. I cannot wait for the build-up to this fight. If that fight happens, I cannot wait. Because it will be amazing. I will tell you that much. Look, look. He's already starting. Look, this was Ian Gary. I will rid the UFC of piece of shit Colby Covington once and for all. Ian Machado, Car- Ian Machado Gary doesn't want a title shot gifted to him. He wants to earn it step by step. The next step after Saturday's UFC 298 in Gary's eyes is clear. It's Colby Covington and Gary wants to inflict significant damage. And then here goes a quote. I'm going to beat Kobe Covington like we've never seen before, Gary told MMA Junkie and other reporters at the post-fight news conference. Then I want a top three opponent, someone who's in that title contention, because the truth is, Kobe's biggest claim to fame is he's fought for the for three world titles and he's lost all three. He's not as good as people think he is. You get beaten by a young up-and-coming prospect, one of the best we've ever seen. The truth is, you don't come back from that. And it goes on to say, on paper, the fight might look like a standard striker versus grappler. The outside observer, Gary, warned the masses should not sleep on his ground game, particularly with how vengeful he feels towards coming to him. He goes, I'll match him pace for pace on cardio, Gary said. I'll match him for output. He doesn't possess anywhere near the power of Jeff Neal does. He has great wrestling, cool, but put me on my back. I'm training with Damian Maya. See what happens if you put me on my back. I'll choke him unconscious. I promise you, I will end the fight. I will finish that fight, and I'll rid the UFC of Colby Covington once and for all. He needs to be gone. I'm sick of his nonsense. He's a piece of shit. Those are all Gary's words, not mine. So he wants Colby Covington, and Colby's trying to fight um, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So we'll see what happens. But either way, I'm game for that fight because I think that's what the rankings show, right? Number six, Ian. Number five, Colby. And then Gilbert's fighting Jack Delia Madalena at UFC 299. So we'll see what happens there. That's a crazy fight. That is nuts right there, bro. Nuts. Co-main event. 
Paulo Bohashinha Costa versus Robert Whitaker. So the fight goes. Paulo's doing good. He does a spinning kick, rocks Whitaker to me, wins him the first round. And then like they just start coasting and Whitaker wins the, the last two rounds pretty easily. Now, one thing I want you guys to keep in mind, Paulo was coming off of staph infection surgery back in October, November, December, January, February. He came back four months. In his next fight, that guy's going to be better. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him at UFC 301 in May. He had already said, he's like, I'm trying to fight again in May, fight in Brazil. Like, people like to say, oh, Paulo's not as good as we thought, but, like, the guy's been through it. And, like, a lot of people say Chimaev would have destroyed him. And I'm like, dude, Chimaev gets him to the ground, probably chokes him, yeah. But, like, Paulo's really good at defense, bro. And I'm not saying that to defend Paulo. I'm just saying, like, he is really good at defense. For Rob, I don't know. So, Paulo's number seven. And I believe, I don't believe Jared has a fight, does he? If Jared Cannonier doesn't have a fight lined up, Paulo should go pick a fight with him. He doesn't, so if I'm if I'm Paulo and his team, I'm going, okay, let's go fight Jared, let's get a win, and then let's fight somebody at the top again. Because I believe Marvin already has a fight. Who's Marvin going to fight? Marvin's fighting somebody already. He's fighting Brendan Allen. That's going to be a good fight. April the 6th. That's going to be a crazy fight. A week before UFC 300. So if I'm Rob, I'm looking at Drickett. Because the problem is he's already lost twice to Israel. So, if I'm his manager, I'm pushing to fight Drickis Duplessis because Rob even said Drickis is not better than me. I let that happen. So, but push to fight Drickis because what's his ranking? He's number three. Yeah, push to fight Drickis, bro. Or fight Sean Strickland. I mean, because you can do the rematch between Sean and Israel. Or you could have Sean fight Robert and do Israel versus Drickis. Or you, because you can't do Israel versus Robert 3. So you could either do Israel versus Sean or, and Robert versus Drickis 2. Or Drickis versus Sean 2 or Israel. I mean, there's options at middleweight, bro. There's options. So we'll see what happens. It should be fun. Now the final fight, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Ilya Taporia. Dude, what can you say? Alex like a little tentative. I don't know if it's that he wasn't he wasn't ready. I I thought, like I said earlier, yeah, you said he was coming back too soon. I thought the same thing. But it is what it is, man. Let's see, October, November, December, January. Yeah, you're coming back four months after getting head kicked. I don't, I think Alex should take some time off and probably not come back till like late to early fall of next year. I mean of this year. Because he says he wants an immediate rematch, and he deserves it, honestly. He really does. But I don't think that should be Ilya's next fight. I think Ilya should fight the winner of this weekend's main event, especially if Yair wins. If Yair wins, like I said earlier, they have it. And it was a good combination. Like, Ilya threw, like, four or five punches. All of them missed except the one that knocked Volk out. And that's all. You just need that lucky hit, right? Well, I will say this, though. 
It didn't look like Ilya was dominating. It didn't look nothing like that. The Volk was tentative, yes, but they did say on the broadcast that Volk did win the first round. So there's that. Like I don't know if Volk just didn't have enough time to get his range set. Like, what was the time? To, they ended it at, with three minutes and thirty seconds on the clock of the second round. So. There's that, bro. There's that. And I will finish this podcast by saying congratulations to Vanderlei on being inducted into the Pioneer Wing, the UFC Hall of Fame. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, Punch the Mouth, official on Instagram, official underscore PATM on Twitter, and both channels of Punch in the Mouth TV. I will make a post about it once it's up. Peace, guys. Later.